Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, Episode 17, I'm So Mad I Could Choke a Goat, recorded March 22nd, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. The Periodic Table, Episode 17, we're in our fifth month of heresy and hilarity on a regular basis. Equal parts. <laughs> And uh, my name is Mark, and with me is uh, uh, an almost uh, regular host at this point. He's only missed a couple of episodes. Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy. Hey, Aaron, what's going on? Hello, everyone. I'm just sitting in my recliner in my living room listening to a horribly great thunderstorm outside, which we're excited about. Yes. It has been raining and raining and raining and raining. Well, you know, we had like pollen counts of 9,700, you know, about like twice the record ever. Um, so people are just walking around with green, yellow goo all over them. So we are excited about the rain here. I was, uh, talking with a friend of mine who lives, uh, in, uh, Scotland the other day about, uh, and we were talking about the weather patterns and the storms and, and I, I sent him a picture of a radar that showed pretty much all of Texas under a supercell in Oklahoma and, and Louisiana, that giant cell that came through a few days ago. And he said, you know, I I don't understand that map. It means nothing to me. I don't understand geography. I said, okay, let me put it to you this way. That storm is bigger than the entire European Union. (laughs) (laughs) He understood what that meant. And also with us this week are two people who have never been on this show before. Well, uh, not directly. Uh, The first one is uh, a man who we feel like we all know because we've heard his voice so many times before. Mr. Jim Beeson, the no-neck geek. I mean, the redneck geek. (laughs) Hey, Jim, how's it going? I, well, I, I feel like that this show must be going down the tubes pretty quick if you have to resort to asking me to be on. So. <laughs> did you go and get a tie just to show the, the Texas I tie? Did, I didn't have time to go to Home Depot to get me one, but I'll try to do one next time, okay? You know you're a redneck when you go to Home Depot for a tie. <laughs> of <course>. Table ties. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and our fourth... Fifth person, fourth, fourth, I can, I can count, honestly. Our fourth person on the show this week is the newest member of our uh, Element OP family, and that's Miss Christy v- Vincent, the new host of the Tightwad Teacher Podcast. Hi, Christy. Hi, Mark. And all. And all. And Christy has, uh, she has no idea what she's gotten herself into. Have you even listened to any of the show, Christy? Yes, I listened to one, and you were again ranting about eBay. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, I rant about any number of things on a regular basis. So uh, she did at least listen to one. Should we? You know, <laughs> Mark, you don't know where the hat is, Christy. Mark, you don't not have a, here. Not here. Aaron? I was going to say, you don't have a, a nickname. You know, you're, you're not the gooey kid or command line godfather. Maybe you could be the eBay kid or <laughs> I something like that. See, I, uh, eBay for me... Um, can easily become a problem. It's something I have to do in small doses and then walk away because I, I can't. Um, it's it's like an alcoholic. I can't have one drink. I can't make one bid. Just break the wrist and walk away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I'm I'm bad about that too. Yeah, it doesn't bother me when I use eBay. I'm using company money, so <laughs> even better. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Christy. Um, is known as the the Big Purple Hat. Go to bigpurplehat.com, and you'll see yep. what we're talking about. So, uh, Mark, okay. before we get too far into the show, yes, um, what element of the periodic table is number 17? Number 17? I was just about to do that, Aaron. Oh, okay. I was trying to. I appreciate it. You were trying to extricate me from the downward spiral. spiral. I was. <laughs> um, the 17th element on the periodic, ta- periodic table is chlorine. Chlorine is something that we all know, um, probably from pools and from drinking water. But you may be surprised to know that chlorine is not actually a liquid. It is a greenish-yellow gas that's highly toxic and has the unique property of mixing directly with almost every element in either a covalent or ionic manner. And one of the most uh, common blends of it is with sodium. You take a poison gas and an explosive, and you make table salt. Now that's cool. And if you're Kirk, you stick it in a piece of bamboo and you blow up an alien with it. <laughs> no, that was sulfur. Oh, that's right. And carbon. And yeah. what was the yeah, other they, one? They tried it on Mythbusters and it didn't work. 
Yes. Now, now it isn't isn't salt something that if you're Mark Cockrell, you use it to make bacon with? Uh, yes, you you do indeed, and and for that you would actually use pink salt with the, which is sodium nitrate as well as sodium chloride. Ah, now so we're going to start the food podcast. That's what I want to know. You know, I I probably could, but we have already a, a, a health and fitness podcast. It would seem kind of antithetical to have an all fat all the time podcast. You can subscribe to one and get both. Right. So, so the, thing, the thing is. I would be on both of them. So here I am talking about bacon and, and lard dipped in, in grease and then go on the other show and say, you should eat your vegetables, kitties. Exactly. Mark, is the banner still streaming on the live stream? Uh, I don't know. I think I took it down. No, I didn't. Okay. Because we had people in the chat room saying, the banner's still up. The okay. banner's still up. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, chat room, for being my surrogate brain. The uh, we'll get started banner is down. Awesome. Okay. You should just automatically just change it to we have started. <laughs> we have started. <laughs> this is a, this is actually the show. What you're hearing right now, in case you're in case as, you're wondering. That's right. What is pre-show for almost every other show in the world is actually the content for this show. All right. So moving right along to our first news story this week. And this is uh what I'm calling Mom Wants High School Kids to Know the Naked Truth. And uh unfortunately it's not in Florida. Uh, James isn't here this week, so not everything's about Florida, but um, this is just bizarre and I can't understand it. And maybe somebody can help me out. But in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, a uh, mother and her three children, um, all adult children, were arrested after stripping off their clothes and running around a Pennsylvania high school parking lot while chanting and praying to Jesus. Sarah Butler, 44 years old, and her daughters Joanne and Bessie, 23 and 22, respectively, and their 14-year-old son were arrested for protest streaking. Um, Just want to, real quick, want to go on the record, no relation. <laughs> no relation. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, the uh, Sarah Butler was trying to take another of her children uh, out of school, but was, re was refused. The, the, the boy, the unnamed boy, the minor, is her biological son, but she doesn't have custody. Therefore, she doesn't have the legal rights. She doesn't have parental rights to him, so she can't take him out of school. She, she is no different than um, if I had walked up and said, I'd like to take this boy out of school. The mother refused, uh, the, the school refused. She tried again. The school refused. She tried again. So naturally, the logical thing to do was get naked and pray. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, what's really funny is it, at the very end of the article, it says um, the mother and one daughter was later admitted to a psychiatric uh, hospital <laughs> for what, what about the other daughter? <laughs> you know? She was just, you know, it was spring break and she had nothing else to do. All right. <clears throat> Well, she, what probably happened is that she admitted it was stupid and crazy whenever they interviewed her and the other two denied it and said it was, you know, angels told them to do it or something. Craziness. Yeah, I, I can't, uh, I, I've heard of people doing weird things. Wasn't, uh, Aaron, um, wasn't there a band called the 77s that did a song called Pray Naked? I think I remember that. That sounds familiar, but um, I don't know if they were really encouraging people to run around in parking lots. Um <laughs> Sands clothing. I don't know that it was the the uh, the intent of the uh, the song. Yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm speaking. The chat room is still I, is on vacant. They they they're I'm, not with us. <laughs> what were you saying, yep. Jim? I, I'm speechless. I just uh, I don't know. Yeah, and when Jim's speechless, that's something right there. Yeah. When I slipped in the chat room, thinks the score is eight to zero. The chat room's <laughs> winning. <laughs> Actually, I think that's supposed to be a shocked, smiling face. It's not shocked emoticon, not a shocked, smiley face. That's kind of uh, that no, misnomer there. Wouldn't you okay there, Aaron? I am. I'm, I'm a little little tired today. Okay. One of those five o'clock in the mornings when Nathaniel comes in the room and Walks in and says, I can snap with this hand, but not with this hand <laughs> at five in the morning. No. Immediately with no no segue. Yes. Okay, so um, this next story is is similar to one that we had before. Remember, uh, we had a story about uh, somebody who had texted a cop 
about making a drug deal. Well, this <laughs> one was a, a prank gone horribly wrong when a teen thought it would be funny to pick a random number and send a text that said, I hid the body. Now what? Okay. <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, that's not bad. Unfortunately, the number she picked was a police officer. And I guess they don't realize that they you, you can see the number, you know, that it comes right. from. Yeah, so uh um, <laughs> the uh um the police didn't find the prank all that funny and they went they 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 contacted the phone company and tracked down the uh, 15-year-old girl um uh, picked her up and arrested her um because you have to, right? Um it says the girl was released with a warning, but you have to check that out. I mean, you can't yeah. not if you're a cop. I was staying in a in a hotel down in Angleton a few weeks back, and some hey, that's girl my into, Yeah, some some girl got into an argument with her boyfriend or something. Allegedly, they were in another room in the hotel, and at two o'clock in the morning, you got these cops banging on all the doors saying, uh, "We need to come in." And cause she said she was in this room, and but we weren't sure, and we need to look in your bathroom and make sure she's not in there. Jeez. So, yeah, I understand they got to check it. It's inconvenient. I apparently at one time had butt dialed nine one one. On on the BlackBerry, uh, there's there's a hot button built into the BlackBerry. If you press and hold it, it dials nine one one. And apparently, I had done that. And I was I was at work at like six thirty one morning, and my phone rings, and I answer it, and it's like nine one one. We just got a call from this number. And I said, I'm I'm sorry. It was you know it must have been a mistake. I I, I didn't realize that. It took me about twenty five minutes to convince them that I wasn't the kidnapper who had answered the phone when they called because oh. you know, they were, they were just convinced that, you know, a cell phone at six 30 in the morning uh, couldn't have just been a missed dial. So, Mark, have I ever told you the story about, um, trying to track down one of my college friends and getting the wrong number and get, getting an old guy in Houston. Have I told you that story? No, you haven't. It's, a, it's a funny story. About to. I'm about to, in fact, I'm about to tell everybody that's listening. So, I had a friend in, from college named Greg Nowak, and I figured that was a fairly unusual name, N-O-W-A-K. I didn't, he was the only Nowak I'd ever met. So he had gone off to, uh, this is when I was in junior college, he had moved on to you know a, a four-year, a, a real school, and, um, and I lost his number. This was before everybody had cell phones, you had everything programmed in your phone. And so I just called information. That's what you did back in 1988. You of called course. information. So I called information. One, four, and I one, said, one. Exactly. I called and uh, I said, can I get the number for Greg Nowak? He lives in the the Richmond, Rich, uh, Rosenberg, you know, South Houston area. And they pulled it up and they gave me a phone number and I called it. And this gentleman answered, he said, hello. And I said, is Greg there? Uh, this is him. And I said, I'm trying to reach Greg Nowak. This is Greg Nowak. Why do you keep calling me? <laughs> and I said, uh, um, sir, I've never called you before. I'm just trying to find my friend from college. Well, what did you call me for? I said, his name's Fred Greg Nowak, and I called information. I explained it to him. He said, if he was your friend, you'd have his number. That's <laughs> That's what <laughs> and again, it took me about 20 minutes to convince this old guy that I hadn't been prank calling him. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. If he was your friend, you'd have his number. <laughs> now, you made me remember this, Aaron. Aaron and I were roommates in college, and there was this old guy who used to call us once a week or so thinking we were the tractor supply store. You remember that, Aaron? <laughs> This, Vaguely, now that you say that. Uh, judging by the voice, he was an elderly black man. Um, and he would call up and and we would say, no, I'm sorry, sir, you've got the wrong number. Now, I know what number this is. I have been calling this number for 40 years. Now, I want a starter for an H1 Pharma. Are you going to get it for me or not? And um, he would do this you know, periodically. Every couple of weeks, he would call. And so finally, what we started doing was just saying, I'm sorry, sir, that part's out of stock. Call back in a week or so. And that, that was okay. He handled it then. Well, I thought you were going to tell us since you were talking about phone calls when we were roommates, I thought you were going to tell about Russ. No, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, that cause Russ is our other friend. That was one of our roommates that slept very soundly. And when the phone rang, he would instantly wake up and run to the one phone that was in the hallway and answer it while he was still asleep. So you'd hear ring, dum, 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 dum. Hello. And then he would just kind of stand there, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and hang up and go back to bed, and not even know he answered never, the phone. Yeah, was totally asleep. <laughs> yeah, I called him twice one time because I had work nights. It was like six thirty in the morning. I called Russ and Russ, are you awake? Yes. Are you sure you're awake? Yes. Come get me. This pouring down rain. I need to ride back. I can't ride my bike. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Hang up. Wait fifteen minutes. Nobody call. Dum -dum -dum. Hello. 
Russ, yeah. I didn't even remember the conversation. <laughs> took, took three tries to get him up, but uh, he probably still doesn't remember that. He doesn't, yeah. doesn't to this day probably know that I called him three times that day. Oh, by the way, that previous story took place in Northwest Arkansas. So once again, no Florida this week. We're wow. 0 for 2 for Florida. And this next one is one I'm calling Death by Legumes. Now, this is, um, it's really a tragic story. A man lost his life, but it's also bizarre and funny in a way. Um, listen, <clears throat> listen to the, um, the headline. It, it, that, I think that's what's funny. The MSNBC headline is pile of pinto beans collapses. Colorado man kills him. Collapses on Colorado man kills him. A 56 year old man was killed on Thursday when he was buried under a 20 foot mound of pinto beans in a warehouse in Eastern Colorado where he worked. Now you can laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can imagine he works at a food distributor, right? And they've probably got stacks, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet high. And he, you know, something happened, something failed and he was killed under pinto beans. It says that, uh, uh, we moved, here's the quote. We moved them in llamas. It wouldn't be so funny, right? We moved several tons of beans to get to him. The, uh, the warehouse uh, manager told um, that dozens of rescue workers and four prison inmates from the county jail spent an hour digging through a 20-foot-high mound of legumes to get to the trapped worker, but he wow. was dead when the crews reached him. Now, we used to do you know, food pantry ministry at our church in Texas, and we would go to the food warehouse to get the food. Uh, and they had these giant, you know, big, huge metal shelves. And they would stack three and four pallets high on each shelf. And I, if, if one of those failed, it was going to be a world of hurt on somebody. And maybe that's what happened. They said that the exact cause of the of the accident still hasn't been explained yet. Yeah. So, I mean, three tons is three tons. It doesn't matter if it's bricks or beans. You're, yeah. you're, you're equally dead. But I wouldn't have found man dies under a pile of bricks as funny. Or as, well, just admit it. I'm a horrible person, and yes, I just said it was funny that the man died. That's why we love you so much, Mark. <laughs> well, somebody has to. <laughs> uh, okay, next. You know, if, it, if it had said man died from bacon, I would have to immediately reach out and see if yeah. you were still alive, Mark. <laughs> Mark, are you okay? I read a story today. That's funny. <laughs> At least you thought you would think about me. That's right. I'm not sure I want to be so closely related to pork products, but you know, that's okay. <clears throat> There's worse things to be related to. <laughs> and this next one, I kind of wish Eric were here for this one because this is a political stomping on liberties uh, story, but uh, I don't quite know what to think about it. So um, I, I just want to submit it um, to your approval. Uh, Sunday um, or Saturday, one, last weekend, uh, President Obama um, released an executive order um, and, and the basic intent of the order said that uh, in the case of a natural disaster, the um, government can be in charge of distributing natural resources and such. That was the intent of it. But some of the language in it uh, is, is disturbing. Um, for, let me just read a line here. It says, um, the authority of the president conferred by section whatever, whatever, um, um, I'm trying to skip through all the legalese. Um, there, here's some things that he can do. He can, uh, the secretary of agriculture can, uh, control the handling of, uh, food resources, livestock resources, veterinary resources. Uh, the secretary of energy can control all forms of energy. Health and human services can, re can control all, uh, health resources. Secretary of transportation can control all civil transportation. The defense department, can control all water resources and the secretary of commerce can uh, control all other materials and services. And, and, and that's when you look at that, that's an executive order basically saying the government in a peacetime can declare martial law. Now I understand yeah, that's, I understand that's not the intent of it, but you got to read the words and, and that's what the words say. You know, from, from a civil, you know, the civil liberties aspect of it aside, Having lived through Ike and the aftermath of Ike down here, uh, the government couldn't figure out how to, they couldn't figure out how to get a case of water out. My God, we want them to be trying to take care of all the resources in a natural disaster. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I've always con- uh, thought about. You know, FEMA and, and disaster relief and all that. It's like the federal government is the last organization you want in charge of this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah there was there was a story when uh, Bill White, who ran for governor, I voted for him simply because I was, you know, I think after ten years we need a change just for a sake of change, and I don't particularly agree with his political um, viewpoints in, in most cases, but he knows how to run a disaster. He came across a truckload of water that the driver was waiting for orders from his boss to get it to a certain place. And the mayor said, where's it supposed to go? It's supposed to go over here. Okay, go. Well, I got to wait for orders. Why? Because that's the way we do things. These people are thirsty. Go. You know, that's the way the, that's the way they would run it. We'd be all starve and go thirsty while we're waiting for them to get orders. Spork Saber in the chat room says that this uh, executive order sounds like they're getting ready for the Mayan prediction of December 21st. They just want to make sure they got all their ducks in a row for that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the last line is the, is of the, of the quoted section in the article is the most scary because it says the last line of the quoted material, this is a, the article talking, gives the president of the United States the power to quote, control the general distribution of any material, including services in the civilian market. So pretty much, it, it the actual actually last line says anything, right? That they deem necessary. And what's so scary about this? of food, water, healthcare, pipelines, providers, anything. What's so scary about this is this is an executive order. There was no vote. There was no due process. This is this is now the law of the land, because the the president signed a piece of paper. What else can the president do by signing a piece of paper? declare a natural a national emergency so he gave himself the power to pretty much be a dictator in the case of a national emergency oh and he's the one who declares when it's a national emergency but it goes so far as to say under both emergency and non-emergency conditions yeah yeah <laughs> so that kind of means at any time because he feels like it yeah it's pretty much he's setting himself up to be a new castro now i don't really believe that's what's happening but once these things are out there they're out there now he has now set a president precedent with this uh, with this order that can be followed up at any time and somebody can say look it's already been done and these are the things that scare the 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 pointy head tinfoil hat people because i mean it's right there in the language that says the president can do whatever he wants whenever he wants because he said so Right, and he can do it because he said he he can do whatever he wants to when he said so because he said he can exactly. <laughs> that, like, that takes away the whole three the whole three part the um, right. the three checks branches of the government yeah checks and balances. It's like because I'm the president, I hereby declare that the president can do whatever I, he wants because he's the president. Thank yep. you. <laughs> Maybe all he's done is just put in writing what what we've known for years though. So. I don't know. It's it's a little scary to me, um, but the, I mean, how do you revoke an executive order? The only way to do it is another executive order. You, you know, Mark, this this is an example of why you know when I first sent you that voicemail about how I refused to wear a tie, I refused to address him as Mister President. It's I don't have a lack of respect for the office. I have a lack of respect for most of the people that have held it over the years. And uh, I mean, my, in my opinion, the last great president this country has had is Mr. Lincoln. So it's been a while. Since, you know, and, you got a pretty high and, bar you know, there, Jim. Well, you know, hey, he set the bar, not me. I, you know, but you know, I thought I you were like Reagan. Reagan is close, and and at least in that era, there was more stability than there appeared to be now. Um, you know, I, it seems to me that the politicians in Washington think that their sole job once they get elected is to work on their next election. Right. Yeah. You know, I always respected Reagan because he respected the office. He refused, he wore a suit and tie in the Oval Office because he respected the office. And that's what you did when you're there, you're there to work and you're a professional, you know, people yeah. who have followed him didn't keep their pants on in the Oval Office. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and and the thing I liked about Reagan, he and Tip O'Neill may argue during the daytime, but then at night they'd go have dinner and tell Irish jokes. So, <laughs> you know, they could they could still get along even though they had philosophical differences, and you just don't see that anymore. 
Okay, and because this is a tech podcast or a tech-centric podcast network, I had to work in a tech story there. Um, and here's one, uh, an interesting uh, a study done by a group of pointy-haired engineers um, said that ads on your phone account for up to 75% of battery drain. Not the apps, but the ads embedded within the apps. And, and it's a, there's like a 20 page, uh, technical document that I looked over. It's, it's very deep. It's very detailed. Uh, but the basic, um, conclusion is that they're poorly coded and it's the, the, uh, um, information gathering and the, um, the tracking information, sending back to the servers and, and pulling ads down and, and deciding which ad you should see based on where you are and who you are. That is the part that's very inefficient. And they said that it could be done better, but it's just sloppy coding because people are more interested in getting the job done than they are in, in conserving your battery. So if you've got a, a high-powered phone that can't stay uh, charged through the day, their contention is that it may not be the apps, it may not be the phone, it may be the ads running in your apps. And that's different from... Uh a lot of uh, adware on computers, how? Yeah, not in any way at all. You know, most <laughs> of your bandwidth is going to be consumed by ads on, on and stuff as well. So not a lot of commentary on that. I just thought that was interesting. Yes. Uh, and this last one is <laughs> is both funny and cool. We're done already? <laughs> no, this next one. Not okay, good picture. <laughs> uh, in um, a St. Patrick's Day Parade, uh, in uh, Pauda or Padua, Padua, Minnesota. Uh, they were getting ready to have a St. Patrick's Day parade, and the firemen were in the parade dressed in dresses. Uh, they were, for whatever reason, in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Apparently, they felt like they should dress like women. So uh, they were all lined up, and on the way to the parade, the engine of one of the trucks in the parade caught on fire. So the firemen do what firemen do, and they got out and they pulled out their hoses, wearing high heels and dresses, and put out the fire. And there's a video of it uh, on YouTube that somebody took with their cell phone, and I've linked to that in the in the chat room. And it's really cool. I mean, they were very professional. They did their job. It was it was great teamwork. But they're dressed like women while they're doing it. Well, the the the, the line in the article is great too. Check out this video of the firefighters from Padua, Minnesota, getting the job done while looking fabulous. That's right. <laughs> That's the right, Jim. That, <laughs> the only thing that would the only thing that would have made that perfect is if they would have had pig snouts on their on their face. <laughs> um. Yeah. The uh, what is that? The 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 hogs. The hogs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm yeah. watching the video and the guy one of the, the guy in the pink. Um, the guy in the green has, is working the hose and the guy in the pink's pulling the hose. The guy in the green's doing the hose. And the guy in the pink drops the hose and goes to run and go do something. He's holding his dress up with one hand and fixes the strap with the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. and, and so, you know, who says women can't be firefighters? Uh, not only can they do it, but they can do it in four inch heels. Yes. <laughs> I've been saying that for years and years and years. Yeah. Cause you're all about the four inch heels, aren't you? It's the only way I'm bigger than fourth graders, of course. <laughs> That's funny. And so uh, moving on to another uh, uh, a woman story. Um, this one, it, it makes me nuts, okay? I, I've, I've ranted against homeowners associations and stuff before. Here's a woman in uh, Portsmouth, um, Maine, right? I think so, Portsmouth, Maine, uh, who owns a condo. And is being sued by the condo association for planting flowers. How dare she? Yes. That that wretched, despicable woman planted flowers. Now, while the uh, condo was being built, she uh, bought one of the condos um, and asked the uh, developer, can I plant some, you know, you've got this piece of ground here all torn up. Can you just leave it torn up and I will make a garden here? And they said, sure. Because, hey, that's a cost-saving thing there. I don't have to put concrete down there. I don't have to manage it. This woman's going to do it. So for years now, since uh, 2008, she has been tending a small garden. She's got some trees, and she's got some uh, different perennials. She, uh, they had been planting annuals there, and every year having to dig them up and whatever. So she's got some perennials out there. Um, 
But on October 24th of 2011, the uh, uh, governing body of the condominium started charging her a fine uh, at a rate of $25 a day. And since then, they've raised it to $50 a day. And every month, they provide her a letter of her account, her standing, her balance. And um, in February, they sent her a notice that a lien was put against her condo to pay the $4,500 in back fees. Now, is this ridiculous or what? This group of high school dropout, pointy-headed people um, now have the ability to put a lien on her condo for $4,500 because they don't like the flowers she put up. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, if she's violating the policy, they have, I guess, a legal right, even though I think the whole idea of a homeowner association in general is kind of stupid. Um, but on the other hand, their their rationale, if you read the article, is pretty lame. Yeah. We don't want to have to take care of it if you move. Right. If you move, who's going to take care of it? And <clears throat> And what they say is when she planted the flowers, it wasn't wrong. But later they decided it was wrong. And we have the right to do that because – we said so. It's it's like the presidential order. Because yeah. we say so, we say we can. A simple solution would have been simply to put to uh to to tell her when you move when you sell the property, you will plant grass on that level that on that area before you sell the property, or we will put a lien on your property. You know, some kind of vacuous threat like that. <laughs> yeah, and they they point to her neighbor who who built a wall, uh, a retaining wall. And they say, well, look, you know, somebody's going to have to maintain this wall. In in 75 to 100 years, that wall is going to start to crumble, and who's going to rebuild it? Not us. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Well, well, at least the neighbor didn't try to be green and, and, you know, didn't try to put more oxygen back in the air, you know? Yeah, heaven forbid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is making me really excited about um, hopefully closing on my house April 12th and being a proud new member of a homeowner's association. Yeah. And so basically she hired a lawyer and the lawyer sent her, sent them a shut up and stop being stupid letter. I'm sure there was a legal <laughs> name for it. Um, and that's when the fines got doubled. <laughs> and so now the lawyer is sending them more, Hey, don't be idiots letters. Um, and, and then the, the, of course the homeowners, it's not the homeowners association, it's the condominium group, whatever they went and got their own lawyer. Um, who says that, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, this is the way democracy works. If you don't like the rules, you can leave. Yeah, you're right. It's the way democracy works. Lawyers make all the money and <laughs> win in the end. That's truly the American <clears throat> way. Nice star in the chat room says it's the Al Gore effect. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but it's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm actually putting that down as a show title. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, so uh, the next story that I have, we're, we're burning through these pretty quickly here. Um, and I'm calling this, Who Says Old Ladies Can't Be Adrenaline Junkies? A great-great-grandmother who is 101 years old just went paragliding and broke the record for the oldest person to ever do that. In Salt Lake City, Utah, um, a woman uh, has been confirmed by the Guinness uh, Book of World Records, uh, Mary Allen Hardison, um, near Salt Lake City on September 1st last year, um, was, quote, pushing record-breaking to new heights. Nice pun there. And, and here's my favorite part. Uh, the woman got the idea when uh, her 75-year-old son took up paragliding. Her 75-year-old son took up paragliding. Wow. So the 101 year old uh, woman said, I think I'll do that too. It, did you see how she celebrated her 90th birthday? I missed she that. wrote, she wrote every ride at Disneyland. <laughs> That's awesome. Young at heart. My wife who is 60 plus years younger than her would not ride every ride at Disneyland. That wow. is so cool. So, I mean, you know, while, while other people are reaching for the Ben gay, she's, she's jumping off of stuff. That yes, is, but but now we know how she got to be 101 was for right. waiting to ride all the long rides oh, at no. Disney. Oh. <laughs> no, she got to be 101 by living life to the fullest, I think. Actually, it's probably mostly genetics and luck. Yeah, okay. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of luck. She didn't step in front of any beans. Uh-huh. Right. 
Okay. Now, um, I got two stories back to back that I think are awesome. Um, a, uh, I'm going to go to a school in uh, Australia. Waiting for the page to load. Waiting for the page to load. Should have clicked it earlier before I started talking. Um, um, Padua. Interesting. The same name as the town in Minnesota. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Padua College in Australia. Uh, the name is Christopher Houlihan. Uh, shaved his head in solidarity for people going through cancer treatments. I, it doesn't say whether he knows somebody or has a friend or whatever, but you know, in in sort of making a stand to say that that I support you, he shaved his head. Showed up at school the next day. They said, "No, you can't come in. Your hair doesn't meet regulations." Bye bye. Wow. Yeah, and their their thing was if you wanted to help. If you wanted to uh, do something and, and support something and show a cause, you should have come to us and asked what the proper way was. And they're not going to let him back into school until his hair grows back. That's their story, and they're sticking to it. That's incredible. And, and I know a young, I know a woman whose son is in an uh, alternative school, and they made him shave his head because it's a military-type uh, situation. So... I guess if you go to a military alternative school, you can shave your head. But if you go to the regular school, you have to let your hair grow. Yeah. I shaved my okay. head just out of pure laziness. That <laughs> <laughs> can go longer before I have to cut my hair again. Right. Okay. So now let's move on to this very next story, which is great. Um, a young girl uh, got her, um, her grades up uh, in uh, um in celebration of getting her grades up uh, in Delaware, um, I'm trying to look for Shumadil Middle School in Newark, Delaware. There it is. Um, she wanted to celebrate the fact that she had, had been doing right and following the rules and getting her grades up, so she dyed her hair pink. Actually, her dad did it for her. She said, Dad, I want to dye my hair pink. Um, dad said, okay. You know, I said you could have a treat when you got your grades up, and that's what it was. So she showed up at school and they said, nah, our school dress code says you have to have a natural color, either blonde or brown or uh, uh, what they call it, muted auburn, something. I'm trying to find the exact quote there. Uh, <laughs> they actually have an exact quote of what color it can be. And uh, natural uh, red slash auburn is what it was. And, and the pink didn't count. So they sent her home and said, no, you can't be there. And so um, dad called our old friends the ACLU who sent them a, hey, stop being stupid letter, and now she's back in school. I have no problem with that pink-haired girl. Yeah. I, I think I think both sides have a point. There, I mean, I'm behind dress codes. I agree that dress codes are important in school and that there's there should be a certain decorum, but I think that dress codes, codes can be stupid, too. Um, you know, the, the kid who shows up with, with nine even spikes in his hair, each one painted a different color and a union Jack sprayed on the side of his head. You could consider that a little distracting, you know, um, you the first year that's showing up on, on the internet too. Right. Um, so I, I certainly see their point in, in setting codes, uh, yeah. setting rules, but, um, you know, I just think it's, I don't know. I don't know that I, I agree one way or the other, and I'm sure not sure I agree with the ACLU being involved. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not I mean, sure. if she'd have worn a celebratory tube top, I'd have had a problem with it. Right. You know, that'd been a, that'd been a clear-cut violation of, of the appropriate uh, yeah. dress code. But the hair thing, it, that really does come down to some level of personal expression. And, and while the multicolored mohawk with the Union Jack flag on the side of their head may be distracting for a few minutes, it would quickly lose its novelty. And he, and then he would just be the guy who takes a long time to get his hair done in the morning. Um, and whose colors run when it rains, you know? Yeah. So element seven seventy six in the chat room says rules are rules. And, and I certainly understand that sentiment. So I'm torn about this one. And these two stories, you know, um, the kid, the kid shaved his head to be in solidarity with cancer. What if he was, uh, you know, a neo-Nazi and he shaved his head for that reason? Uh, would would we be okay with that? So there's, you know, rules is rules. Um, I don't have a problem with him shaving his head for no reason at all. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I, that that wasn't the issue with me. I, um, now, if he shaved his head and, and wrote a swastika on the back of his head with a black magic marker, that'd be a little, you know, <laughs> questionable. 
to say the least. But uh, yeah. But you know, lines have to be drawn somewhere. Um, yeah, and no further. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, John Luke. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So it's a. I just want to put that out there. Not a whole lot of con- commentary on either of those. I just think they're two interesting stories that go back to back in Australia. Um, that hasn't been resolved in uh, in the U.S. Um, the ACLU basically put enough pressure on them that uh, that they caved and basically said it's not going to be a problem anymore. Now, Aaron, I picked this next story just for you because you know. you were the one who told me about this woman in the in the first place. Um, now this is something I can soundly get behind disagreeing with. <laughs> yes, yes, and I think any re- uh, sane and rational person. Uh, can get behind this. Um, a woman by the name of Suzanne Enman, who's 33 years old, um, wants to be the fattest woman in the world. That is her goal. She currently weighs right around 800 pounds and wants to be 1,600 pounds. That's her goal. 1600 pounds and she's currently shoving down she says she's training just like a marathon runner would train only instead of training her body to be harder she's training it to be softer she's currently eating right now her diet is 20,000 calories a day wow and she's got a plan to increase that over time is is she going for the title of world's stupidest person uh, yeah, I don't know. But she says she's convinced that she can do it in a healthy way. Now, here's why the story is in the news this week. This is an old story. But why it's in the news this week, she just got engaged to a chef. That's right. Bum, a chef who is a fatty lover. Um, they met on a uh, chat room uh, dedicated to supersized, big, beautiful women, SSBBWs. <laughs> so they met on the Internet, and they fell in love at first email. And uh, he says he thinks she is beautiful. He likes fat women, and she fits the bill. And he he likes cooking, and she likes eating, and so it's awesome. And so he makes her twenty seven pancakes and five hundred pounds of bacon and thirty pounds of potatoes. I'm making these numbers up, but he cooks her stuff every day. And she says she's uh, he's been really good for her. He makes sure she exercises. So that they, he, Which is what standing up. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Here's your, here's your exact words. He takes her for waddles. That those her words, not mine. He takes my husband her. said waddle one time. I was pregnant. He has never said it again. <laughs> That's a show title. Um. <laughs> you know, so far in the story, I'm actually somewhat okay with it. If she wants to stay in her house, because I'm thinking she's not getting in a Pinto or a smart car and kill herself. That's totally her business, but you keep reading and then I get mad. Then the mama in me comes out. She's got two kids. That's right. That's right. She's got two children who are about to not have a mommy because she's hungry or weird. And the the other problem is she's unemployed and she's wondering um, who's flipping the bill for this. Yeah. Who's going to pay for it? Me. Hello. I'm paying for Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. But she's convinced that she can be healthy. She's exercising. She's, uh, you know, doing sit-ups or bend-overs or whatever. Uh, And she admits that um, her mobility is getting worse and that her her fiancé has to push her in her wheelchair more. And she expected this to happen. She knows her mobility is going to go down. But she thinks, honestly thinks, that she can weigh 1,600 pounds without being bed-bound. Well, Well, her fiancé is definitely going to get exercise pushing her around. That's right. He is going to be the fittest man in the world. (laughs) Well, uh, the it's just crazy. He said, "She says I want to try and break the stigma that being fat is bad. Being fat isn't bad. Being fat isn't healthy. Right. That's the that's the issue. You're going to try to break the stigma, uh, Mark. I want you to know tonight. I am starting a goal. I'm going to prove to people that you can smoke four packs a day. <laughs> that's just stupid. I mean, that's just totally ludicrous. And I'm going to prove to people that you can drink a case of whiskey a week. <laughs> a week? Go for a day. Well, I got to start." I got to start small. Oh, that's true. You got to start small. She started at only 500 pounds. So she really started out small. Um, She's reaching her goal. She would top previous world record holder, Carol Ann Yeager, who died in 1994 from kidney failure caused by morbid obesity. Yeah. Who was, what do uh, you know? Just over a thousand pounds. She wants to not only beat the record, she wants to crush the record. She wants under 2000 pounds of lentil beans. Yes. 
She wants to be 1,600 pounds. Why stop at 1,600? Why not go for the full ton? (laughs) Well, let's be reasonable, Jim. Come on. Yeah, like Aaron said, it's my money that's going to pay for her health care. Yeah, I'm going to be reasonable. Oh, man. Okay, I'm done with the story. Me too. Thank you. She's had all... Uh, all the all well, she will be seen. Um, <laughs> hope they enjoy their two months together. Yes, they have a very happy short life together. This next one is one of those things that's just bizarre to me. I don't understand this one. Um, an atheist group. Well, let me go back. Uh, last year, a religious group blessed a section of highway. I'm not sure what their reasons were, but they had a little ceremony and they prayed over it and they poured some holy oil over it. And they blessed that section of highway and prayed that God would bless anybody who travels these roads and that he would pour out his blessings on them. Okay. That's a little weird. Um, I, I, I'm, I get that. Um, but, uh, uh, this is in, uh, Polk County. Uh, what state? Polk. Oh, not Texas. <laughs> it says Lakeland. So Florida. Okay, we had to have a Florida Hoorah! story. I hope so. We had to have a Florida story. Uh, but anyway, the, um, uh, the group was called Polk Under Prayer, PUP, and they um, uh, prayed for the entryway to the city and prayed that God would protect protect us from evildoers on the way to the city's mainly drug crowd and that they would be dissuaded to come into the county. That was their thing. Okay, But an atheist group has now gone out with their unholy water and washed off the blessing. They had a big truck with a tank on it labeled unholy water, and they had scrub brushes, and they had soap, and they officially rubbed off the blessing. So it that, is Florida. That, I've confirmed it. Yeah, okay. That piece of <laughs> road is Texas. Because, yeah. because in Polk County, they probably are producing drugs and stuff there. So, <laughs> so uh, that, uh, that pre, uh, part of road is now officially unblessed. It's no longer blessed. So now the pup people are going to have to come back and, and re-bless it, I guess. Um, I, think, I think both groups of people are pretty silly. That's my opinion on that one. That is that. That's just if you don't believe. If you're an atheist, then everything that anybody does that's religious should be a non-event to you. Yeah, yeah. That's I just my belief. And and if you're a Christian, don't you believe in in his blessings anyway? Does it matter what road you're on? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I always thought was silly. People, um, people who are religious um, tend to and my I put my my. Um, str- uh, emphasis there on religion, not faith, but religion, um, tend to be caught up in that sort of stuff. I've seen people, you know, I'm going to go to this place and pray right here because it matters where I am. You know, God doesn't hear me if I'm 37 feet over here. I have to walk over here and pray. Um, so they they needed their oil. And, and I grew up in some, um, shall we say, liberal churches in Texas where the anointing Southern of oil. Baptist? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a Southern Baptist now. I grew up uh, in uh, pew jumping was a regular occurrence. Um, so, yeah, conga lines. Uh, but anyway. Um, I love conga lines. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I grew up in that environment. And, and the anointing with oil is a fairly uh, common thing. Uh, that's that's what you do. And, and typically it's olive oil because uh, uh, Old Testament talks about anointing uh, people with oil. So I get the reason that they would use uh, oil to do that. Um, and I get that the, uh, the desire to pray blessings upon those around them. That, that all makes sense to me. Um, I think it's silly, but it makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me is making a big deal out of washing it off. I don't get right. that. Yeah. I would rather have had seen them got in trouble at Mardi Gras for passing out free water. <laughs> that'd have been more productive you know in my mind because they could have like you said they could have done the praying anytime but you know the actions you only have so many hours in the day to do actions so anyway yeah okay enough of that one just a, a bizarre one okay <laughs> and this one i'm i'm calling this one sometimes a woman really needs a sausage i'm protesting this before you ever start just so you know <laughs> Wow. Have you read the article? That's irrelevant. The title's <laughs> okay. enough. Okay. So, Christy, uh, did you know he was going to do this before you agreed to come on the show? <laughs> no, no, and, and no one more time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I've, I've frequently referred to this show as a sausage fest because you know it's all guys. You're the first <laughs> first female uh, to be on the show uh, on it, any. Of uh, I don't think he's actually ever referred to it as that. I think it not was on the show. Inflammatory. To I say. have many times, just not on the show. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, let's continue to do that. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in uh, Cumberland County, New Jersey, uh, we've had a few New Jersey stories. Uh, a woman went into a Seven Eleven. Uh, and when there wasn't a uh, sausage on the little rolling hot dog thing under glass that she could eat, she went absolutely nuts. Brittany C. Glanfield, uh, Glanville, 25 years old, of West Lincoln Street uh, in um, Bridgeton, New Jersey, was arrested Friday and charged with disorderly conduct. So here's what happened. She went in at uh, roughly 3.05 a.m. at the 7-Eleven. Wanted a hot dog. There wasn't a hot dog ready. She went nuts. She tried to attack the uh, store clerk uh, and several people in the store. She was climbing over the counter to try to get to the guy. Uh, he hit the panic button. The police came. They had to pepper spray her to finally get her to settle down. And they dragged her off to a psychiatric hospital. So I love the fact that the cop said she appeared to be intoxicated because of her strange behavior, slurred speech, bloodshot and watery eyes and the distinct odor of alcohol in her breath. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was the giveaway. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and she reeked of alcohol. Yeah. That was the giveaway. But the, that's the, allegedly. allegedly. The bloodshot and watery eyes could have been pepper from the pepper spray. I don't know. That's true. Um, that's absolutely true. Um, so there you go. That just goes to prove that sometimes a woman really needs a sausage. And so here is a modern-day Hansel and Gretel, if Hansel and Gretel will stu were stupid. Um, this is in um, England, in Manchester. Uh, a man from Pittsfield, I don't know where that is, um, early Saturday morning went into a convenience store and grabbed a 30-pack uh, uh, of beer. Uh, and the store clerk said, you can't purchase beer after midnight. That's not legal. So he pulled out a knife and threatened the clerk with it, um, opened the cash register, took the beer and took the money and took off running. Well, in a case of Looney Tunes style justice, as he was running, cans of beer were falling out of the 30 pack, leaving a nice little trail for police to follow. So the police got there, they followed him right up to his apartment and he was sitting there having a beer and counting his money. <laughs> when you started, when you said that, as I'm looking at this article, all I could hear was and just see him right on the street, slightly sped up, you know? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So oh, it, it oh, was, the, go ahead. Oh, oh, the, oh, the, 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 the misery, the, the terrible loss of beer. Oh my. <laughs> that's a terrible waste of beer. The, the humanity of it. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Oh, the humanity. So yeah, um, if Hansel and you know Hansel Gretter left bread crumbs, and effectively beer is liquid bread, so he was leaving you know canned bread crumbs. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's hey, great, uh, Mark. Uh, just as an aside, I think you made Christy mad. <laughs> Maybe uh, she 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 still no, nope, she went offline. Maybe she lost her connection or something. Um, it's true in the chat room. Beer is liquid bread. That's essentially it's 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 yeast and it's uh, uh, and uh, wheat and you know uh, bread like components. So anyway, uh, so next one, <laughs> I didn't make up this story. This headline, I couldn't make up this headline. This is a better headline than I could ever have come up with. Here it is: Man loses keys, tries to strangle goat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those two go together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that. So, uh, what happens? And this is bizarre. Um, let's see. Where is this? This is in, um, oh, I have to find it. Uh, New Zealand. In New ah. Zealand. Oh, well, that um, explains it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a man uh, flew into a rage and tried to strangle his family's pet goat during a cross town rampage. After he could not find his house keys, Matthew Bat, 26 years old, was sentenced Wednesday to four months of community service. Um, yada yada yada. The 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 
said the police the police said that uh bat became enraged at losing his house keys started smashing windows at his home and being loud and abusive then he went across town to his mother's house where he started strangling the goat and smashed the goat's head against the wall apparently the goat was not harmed <laughs> his sister was next in line as he threw a glass at her and began punching her Bat's, Bat's grandmother tried to subdue him by spraying him with oven cleaner, but he continued <laughs> smashing objects around the property. That's redneck New Zealand mace is what it is. <laughs> well, what's really funny is he pled guilty, you know, in the court um, for three charges of threatening speech, charges of animal cruelty. Here's one I don't think we have in the United States. Male assaults female <laughs> and driving while suspended. Oh. So there's so many things in that story that are freaking hilarious. Don't goats headbutt each other on a regular basis. So going after the goat's head is like the, the least efficient way to go. But so, so he goes nuts, he starts breaking windows and then he drove across town. How'd he get there? Did he find his keys? Did he take somebody uh, else's car? So he had lost his keys. He, that was the whole point. He hotwired, he hotwired his car. There you go. So somehow he managed to get a vehicle started and drive across. What makes you think to do that? I'm so mad. I'm going to drive across town and choke a goat. <laughs> and then you said the family's pet goat. Yes. Isn't that kind of uh, contradictory? Uh, well, you know, I, I know I people mean, here only, in Texas only who have pet goats. goats. I've ever, the only goats I've ever seen clean up uh, property of anything. Trash. You know, <laughs> yeah buildings whatever so it's a new self-help system count to 10 strangle a goat <laughs> throw something at your mom <laughs> yeah element 7076 in the chat room says now i know what to do next time i'm angry <laughs> go choke a goat <laughs> oh that is I the best a to choke if you want to <laughs> that is the you best story ever <laughs> okay <laughs> I just, I need to read that again. He smashes windows. He drives across town. He chokes a goat. And then grandma gets after him with the oven cleaner. That That's my favorite part. Get back or I will clean you. <laughs> oh, okay. That story was, that made this night. That, that made the whole, that made the whole show worth it. Yeah. Okay. And then the, this Jerry, next story. Next guest. <laughs> this next story I'm calling best prom date ever um a young uh, minnesota high school students um named mike stone 18 years old of oakdale minnesota wanted a a um, noticeable date a, a noteworthy date to the prom so he started tweeting porn stars <laughs> by the hundreds will you go to the prom with me two of them said yes um <laughs> Emmy Reyes and Megan Piper both said that they would come in. Uh, Reyes said, I would love to. And Piper agreed to attend if he covered her travel expenses. So he began uh, setting up a fundraiser to get the $400 to get his porn star to the prom. There you go. There's a title. Get your porn star to the prom. Um, and police officials said, nah, not, I mean, not police, but school officials said not going to happen. Um, Patty Phillips, uh, superintendent of North St. Paul Maplewood Oakdale. My gosh, what a name. North St. Paul Maplewood <laughs> Oakdale School District uh, told, told uh, the foxnews.com in an email um, that Piper, uh, the, the porn star, Piper, who's 19 years old, would be prohibited from attending the dance because, quote, her appearance would be inconsistent with two district policies concerning, vis concerning physical visitors to school buildings and sites. The policy states that any individual or group can be denied entry to those events if the visit is, quote, not in the best interest of the district. So there you go. He's not going to get the best prom date ever. You got to give the kid uh, uh, points for uh, um, creativity. Aaron, you're muted. I don't hear you. He took action. That's right. You know, he had a plan. He was persistent. He exactly. He could be a boy scout for all the great <laughs> things that he did. There you go. 
um, you know, maybe he could have picked a different um, genre of person to ask. Maybe he could have, I don't know, uh, Olympic swimmers or, you know, gymnasts or, you know, beautiful Olympian women that would have been just as attractive to him, but maybe not quite as controversial. I don't know. Oh, man. But still, <laughs> you got to give him credit for, for thinking, aiming high. <laughs> or low, however you want to look Okay, and the next story, is this the last one? I think it is. is. It. The last story um, that I'm entitling, Criminals Should Avoid Radio Call-In Shows. Uh, now, we've talked about this before, people bragging about what they got away with. Now, uh, here's a woman. Um, her name is Susan Cole. Uh, was called for jury duty. And when she got there, um, she, this is hilarious. Let me, let me read the whole thing. Um, she wore mismatched shoes, reindeer socks, a shirt with a caption that said, ask me about my best seller, uh, had her hair in curlers and applied makeup to most of her face and told the judge that she had post-traumatic stress disorder from, um, uh, uh, domestic abuse and, uh, from something else. I forget what the else she said. And she'd been homeless. Yeah. And that she was homeless. So the judge immediately dismissed her said, all right, ma'am, you, you are, are done. So, uh, there's a local radio show called the Dave Logan show on 850 KOA radio. Um, they're in, <clears throat> where did I say this was Denver? Uh, they're in yep. Denver and uh, not Florida, not Florida. Um, <laughs> And, uh, she, they were, I don't know, having a conversation about something jury duty, maybe. So she calls in and recounts the whole story. Now she did change her name. She said that she was, um, where is it? Cha. She called herself Cha. Char from Denver is what she called herself. Char from Denver. Um, but, uh, in the, uh, the, the process of telling her story, you know, those are some facts that are hard to, to forget. Right. So somebody was listening who had, who had been there that day and remembered the reindeer socks and the, the makeup and went and uh, looked her up and uh, found out who she really was and then went and arrested her. So there you go. And then she, uh, when she went back before the judge, I don't know if it was the same judge or a different one. She said, some of what I said there was true. And the judge said, yep, not buying it. So there you go. If you get, uh, uh, commit a, uh, low grade felony, don't call the radio station and talk about it. Well, you know, I accidentally, um, literally accidentally did, didn't go to jury one time, jury duty, and I never got a phone call or a follow-up letter or anything. And so I, I go, if I get my letter that I'm not yeah. trying to say you shouldn't, but there, if you have a reason to not do it, they'll let you out of it. You can right. ask, right? Other than that, you should go to another country where you don't have to serve. That's how I feel. Sure, civic duty. <laughs> civic <laughs> duty, that is. I was uh, called for municipal jury duty. I didn't even know there was such a thing as municipal jury duty, but somebody was uh, fighting a traffic ticket or something that for uh, point and uh, 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 asserted his right to a jury of his peers, um, which is kind of silly. <clears throat> but I got the letter um, that uh, said that, you know, there was I was supposed to go to jury duty. I thought, okay, I'll go. That's fine. And, um, it was, uh, it was like during the summer I was off anyway. Uh, and I was literally at home doing nothing that day, literally doing nothing. So like three days later, I'm at church and a friend of mine says, Hey, I had jury duty the other day. They called your name and you weren't there. What was the deal? And I went, Oh my gosh, I uh -huh. had big trouble. So I went to a friend of mine who's a judge and said, okay, here's what happened. And he said, go now. Don't, don't wait till after work. Go now to the judge and say, I'm sorry, judge, I'm a bonehead. Please don't arrest me. So that's what I did. And it was like a $300 fine. It was, it was spendy for having wow. failed to go to jury. Duty. Ouch. Well, what happened with mine was my jury summons got under a pile of mail and then we were clearing this pile of mail and I found it and I went, huh? That was the end <laughs> yeah. of it. That was in 1993. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were so, still in, you were still in Texas then. Yeah. Okay, you're probably okay until you come back. Well, you know, I think I told you. I've served since then. Yeah. I think I told that you a couple of weeks ago about my uh, um, pizza debt 
from yes. around that same time, 1991 yeah. or two. So uh, it makes me think of the uh, the Seinfeld episode with the with the uh, the library police. <laughs> That's a great one. If you ever get a chance to see that one. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's it. That's all the stories for this week. So uh, I don't know what happened. We lost Christy. Uh, something I don't know. Maybe her bathroom was flooded. I don't know. Christy, <sighs> thanks for for being here for part of the time. And uh, I will tell you her contact information. She is at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-Y underscore Vincent on Twitter, or you can find her at BigPurpleHat.com. Aaron, That's where can a good people... looking hat. Yeah, it is a good looking hat. Aaron, where can people <laughs> find you? Uh, probably the easiest way to find me is just go to Google and type in one meal, one workout. That's the number one uh, and the number one, not a Winnie, like the eaters. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. And Jim Beeson, our first ever non-official host to be on the show, our first listener. Hey, did you enjoy oh, it? Oh, I feel so. Oh, I'm trembling. I feel so special. <laughs> did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully next time I'll be a little bit better prepared. I literally got home from work about 10 minutes before I was due to be on here. Well, there you so. Go. so if anybody else like there out there is a listener and you'd like to be on a show, just let me know. And uh, we may throw you on there sometime. So, Jim, if somebody wants to contact you and take you to task for the things you said on the on the show tonight, where can they do that? Well, uh, Facebook, uh, Jim Beeson, uh, or Twitter, Jim Beeson. There you go. And that's B-A-S-O-N, correct? B-E-A-S-O-N. Yes. Cool. Was that slow enough? That's good. Perfect. Jim, we do appreciate you being with us. My name is Mark Cockrell. You can find me at elementop.com where you can find this podcast and others like it. I will remind you that we record this show every night at around 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time whenever we get everybody here and together. Uh, and so if you want to join us in the live stream and uh, uh, give us show title suggestions and just generally make merry, I encourage it that you do that. You go to uh, not every night, every Thursday night. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, <laughs> not every night. We do this well, every everybody night. can show up every night if you want to. Yeah, we won't you could. We do this every Thursday night. Go to elementopi.com, click the live stream button, and, uh, and you'll see us doing crazy things. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it. And that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.